everything they were accomplishing in research. I wanted to be part of it. I literally sat at a branch leader conference in that for a weekend and thought I have to be part of this team and what you all are doing. It's incredible. But the thing that really drives me is no one's going to do it for us. We're a rare patient advocacy organization. We're trying to solve rare disease issues and no one is going to do it for us except the patient communities. And that's originally why the CMTA was founded. If you don't have passionate patients and their families involved, we would none of this would have happened. And you all are obviously the those people who helped to build the organizations. We have to do it because no one's going to do it for us. That's why I'm involved. Hello, everyone. This is Chris and Lizzo. We are a brother-sister team. And on behalf of the Charcot-Marie Tooth Association, a.k.a. CMTA, we are coming at you. Coming at you from coast to coast. I am from California. Chris is in Vermont, but right now I am in Vermont, too. And this is another episode of our podcast name, what, Lizzo? CMT for me. CMT, the number four, me. That's right, folks. CMT for me. A community-focused podcast dedicated to those with CMT, giving them a voice in the community to share their stories, good or bad, successes, challenges, and much more. Hey, Chris, before we What's get up? nitty-gritty of this What's podcast, up? I just wanted to say that the last two weeks in Vermont have been crazier than an outhouse fly. Yeah, what the heck's an outhouse fly? But I would agree with you. It is crazy. <laughs> it's been nuts. Well, give us nuts, nuttier than a five-pound fruitcake. Give us some insight. Why is it like an outhouse fly here in good old VT? Last night, Yon was up all night throwing up. Oh, awesome. We good. started the trip with this old lady. I had all my stuff in the, the carry-on bin. She comes down the aisle. Everybody's yelling at each other in San Francisco and everything. She grabs my stuff, throws it on the front seat, (laughs) taking my stuff out. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I had to put it all back up. And she had attitude, man. Then we got here. And my thonus has been going. Going what? Whistling? Whistling. Just whistling. The guy came, fixed it. Yeah, but right. there was a hole in it. All this smoke coming. Whoa! All this smoke coming out. I just opened a bottle of Sprite for Johan, who's been sick all night. Opened it. The guy, the Uber driver, must have shook it. Sugar water all over me, all over my face, all over the kitchen. And then going over to mom's house has been crazy. Getting the automatic feeder. It's just been one thing. After another, nonstop. Yeah, really nice thing at their house, right? Don't you like the inside temperature? Yeah, it's like 90 degrees. And then you're trying to like clean bathrooms and clean stuff. And Yon's like, I'm going to pass out. But I'm going to pass out. I'm like, just just sit there and play with the cat. And it's like being in a sauna and trying to do everything like normal. And I'm like, mom, wear a sweater. Oh, no, I don't like anything. No, I just like to wear the blouse. In the meantime, everybody's just taking all their clothes out. It's just, oh. Nice. Where are we gone? What's that? Pretty crazy as well. Mine was pretty good. So I woke up, hard day at work. I'm like, let's go skiing tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon, me and I. Well, Mia's up Friday night because Lila's in New York City out with her friends, got her phone stolen. So she's in panic mode. So... Mia starts dealing with getting Lila a new phone in New York City. She's traveling all around Manhattan trying to find a iPhone, whatever. They finally get it connected. 
and Warren and Lila have similar phone numbers. So Warren's at work. They accidentally disconnect Warren's phone. So he's like, hey, what the hell's going on? I don't have any service here. So he's the innocent guy. And now he's taking the he's taking a beating. It's just been crazy. Just crazy. And now the cool thing is I'm getting involved with mom and dicks and dad's inspections. So you go into these homes. I almost got attacked by a dog. Some old guy won't turn his lights on. He has a cane. He's 92. I thought he was going to whack me and lock the door and I was going to get killed. Then I leave these places smelling like smoke. I'm wheezing. Pretty crazy here. But that's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. You told me about an experience you had some woman thought. Oh, yeah. And then I'm leaving. I go into the apartment, do the inspection. The woman's like, oh, you're Bevan Dick's daughter. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. My name's Chris, not Christine. Had to straighten her out. And then on top of that, not skiing. I'm like, I will get a Christmas tree. I will get a Christmas tree. We have just over two weeks. Drive down, no trees on the lot. Sold out. Awesome. Still don't have a tree. So anyways, And we're going to get done tomorrow. Big snowstorm. Yeah. Crazy. Anyways, enough complaining. Anyway, enough of our shenanigans. Any, it can really always be worse. Crazy. Let's get to our guest, Lizzo. Can it be worse? I'm sure it can. It always can. I don't know. I can't think of too many scenarios. So I want to announce the first individual here. We have three folks on the podcast today. Number one is this great brother-in-law of mine, which I call Chili Dog. And his name is Gilles. And he's CMTA's chair of the board of directors. Right on. Hello, Gilles. Hello, Chris. Nice. Who else do we have, Lizzo? Hey, Chili. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Lizzo, who else do we but, have? Well, I was waiting for him to say hello. I'm just greeting well, our on. guests. You know, yeah. the yardbird. It's thrown in California. So. Yeah. yeah, let's go. We have Queen Gina. Queen she's, Gina. She's our seagull. Oh, what is that? I can never remember her title because it's so long. Like she has to have the longest title of everyone on the staff. Chief Engagement and Gift Officer, Seagull. Nice. And then we have... The comedic chaos controller, Laurel Richardson. She's awesome. a DACO, the director of community outreach. DACO and Seago here. Welcome Hello. to our podcast. Yeah, Thank welcome, you. everybody. Hello. Listeners, we're extremely excited. You have senior members of the CMTA here today. They're going to give us a lot of insight in terms of what they do, what they have accomplished in 2023, what's the path going forward to 2024, et cetera, et cetera. Without these individuals here, we would not have the CMTA. They play leading roles to support research, secure donors, drive the science, and every single day fight for a cure for CMTA. It's, it's pretty remarkable. I'm going to ask a broad question to Gina, Queen Gina. You and I have been involved for a very long time in the CMTA. What are the five major changes you've seen over the past 20 years? Oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh, that's a big question. Definitely research. It's just expanded tremendously from the people that are involved on the STAR Advisory Board. We're international. Our community has grown. We have two camps. The staff has grown a little bit. Oh, man. We we got through COVID and brilliantly. I think that we didn't even skip a beat through COVID. More people within the community are wanting to get involved with the cause. There's an ownership there. There's a want and there's a need. 
and they're finding the CMTA and filling those needs. I think those are the big five changes. Hey, that's a great response, Gina, for no prep, right? <laughs> so we did not prep you for that one. Back to Jill. So Jill, tell me why you're engaged in the CMTA and what exactly does a chairman, you know, the board do? Like, where do you place your emphasis and focus? Well, you know why I'm engaged, right? Because of Johan. When we found out he had CMT, we, it was the first in the family. So we decided to roll up our sleeves and try to make a difference. And, you know, Elizabeth was very engaged for many years. Before I got engaged, I helped launch a star program because I felt we needed a long-term strategy. And then when I, quote, retired from my tech life, the star program had grown so much. And the organization had grown so much, I think it... It welcomed me to help to kind of take it to the next stage. And it's been very exciting. And what a trip. Yeah, that's awesome. Huh? Uh, as to what the chairman does, I don't know. Delegate. As little as possible, just kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm great at delegating. So I try to pick great people and let them run with it. A couple of great kids in point here. I'll tell you, from my chair, chair, uh, what I've seen, you brought a lot to the table with regards to the CMTA in terms of uh, moving that research forward and being an exceptional leader for the team there. People are very excited to have you and always very positive. And just moving on, Laurel, so tell us a little bit about what you do in your role, how long you've been part of the CMTA. Yes, gosh. I joined the staff five and a half years ago, Chris and Lizzo, but I was a volunteer before that. I helped to lead the San Diego branch for a couple of years. And then when my husband retired from the military. We moved back to Wilmington, North Carolina, and I started a branch there. So really got involved as a volunteer, was very moved by the mission and the hard work of the team. And I wanted to be part of it. And an opportunity came up when Gina moved over to the development side. So I came in in June of 2018, and I spearhead education and community programs. So things like our annual patient research summit, the branches all over the country, and a few in Canada and Mexico, our quarterly lunch and learn webinar education meetings, which we're still super excited about. They're going very well. And then youth programming that's led by Jonah Berger. So you've got camp East and West. You've got the Compass Young Adults Group, the youth council that Jonah and his amazing youth council members lead. So quite a lot going on in community outreach, which all feeds together to everything that we're doing to support the mission. So it's amazing. I can't believe, Laurel, that you've only been involved for five years. I feel like it's been 20. You do so much and you've just went in there and you got involved and you made it happen. You're making it happen with community and everything else. I mean, you three are just amazing at what you do at the CMTA. I think it'd, it'd be great to hear. Lizzo, what, what I've been thinking about. Oh, and keep in mind, Lizzo, I'll just run this entire episode, okay? So you well, just hang back. I usually think you do anyway, so go ahead. All right, so I'll let you know when it's okay to ask a question. Okay. I'll sure, give you I'll the thumbs up. All right. All right, cool. All right. Wait for my cue. No, but it's, it's very interesting. I think of the talent we have here, all the positions you guys with your skills could take on or companies you could work for. Why are you working for the CMTA? Gina. Why I'm working, I believe in the association, but I trust the leadership behind the association, their vision, their passion. They share the overall goal of our community, and that is to bring uh, treatment and cure to those living with CMT. I have CMT. 
My CMT is a spontaneous mutation. And my youngest daughter, who also has CMT, I work for us. I work for the 3 million people worldwide living with CMT. Every single day that I sit down, I'm reminded by every email, every phone call, seeing Riley, why I work so incredibly hard. But I trust the organization as a patient, not as a staff member. But no, when I talk to people, it's, I trust the CMTA, but I, one of the things I always try to tell people is I too am a patient. I see the CMTA as a patient. So that's fine. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> cool. Quick question. You've had a lot of ups and downs like everyone. We've had changes in leaderships and things, and there's been hard problems, easy problems. Why are you still here? Man, because I have a goal. And my goal is to bring a treatments. Oh, and a so Laurel, why are you guys involved? Why are you involved? Like, what's your passion? What drives you to get out of bed in the morning and go to work for the CMTA? I would echo what Gina said. I'm a patient, third generation CMT1A patient. From the patient perspective, I saw what the CMTA was doing, the dual mission, the incredible support everything they were accomplishing in research. I wanted to be part of it. I literally sat at a branch leader conference in that for a weekend and thought I have to be part of this team and what you all are doing. It's incredible. But the thing that really drives me is no one's going to do it for us. We're a rare patient advocacy organization. We're trying to solve rare disease issues and no one is going to do it for us except the patient communities. And that's originally why the CMTA was founded. If you don't have passionate patients and their families involved, we would, none of this would have happened. And you all are obviously the, those people who helped to build the organizations. We have to do it because no one's going to do it for us. That's why I'm involved. So Sheila, I'm going to ask a, an additional question into, uh, we know why you're involved, but what makes us different from other organizations that are related to CMT? What makes the CMT stand out? Many things, but I think we have two pillars, right? We have the community and the research and the Slot and Star program. And those two pillars really complement each other. We're the number one in both areas, and the STAR has become by far the, the, the leading funding program for research uh, non, you know, outside of governments. Someone was showing me a, a chart like you know, five years ago, we were spending like 5% of the NIH is spending, now we're spending 25%. Wow. So it's becoming hugely important in the whole CMT ecosystem. And that's being fed by the community because all this funding comes from the community because they trust us. Because we're so efficient, because we're highly rated and we work very hard, you know, 92% of our, the money people give us goes to our programs. So we have this combination of a very powerful research program and the support from the community that creates synergies together, which are incredibly unique. And you won't find hardly any organization, even in a nonprofit world, as they talk to them. And we got to maintain that. It's incredibly powerful and exciting. You know, you, you guys have all referenced trust. You had a lot of these charities and people donate and generally, I always ask, why would they donate? What happens with the money? You hear good stories and bad stories. You know, you guys have a common word that you say you reference trust yep. in a lot of aspects of the CMTA. So if any of you guys want to highlight or speak a little bit more about that, it'd be great to hear. And let me add the other word, transparency. They talk about yeah, good transparency. Point. What does that mean, actually, in real terms? I always tell people that we're in the business of trust. The living list is just really to earn people's trust. And you're right. What I found out and what people told me in nonprofits, there's millions of nonprofits, millions of charities. That, a lot of them are great at telling you a great story. But when you look under the cover, that's not what they do. Okay. Mm. And I think our strength is 
basically we do what we tell people. And it's, it's why sometimes we're cautious about what we say, but words come through. And it's why we, we have these sterile ratings from the agencies, which almost nobody gets because we basically do what we say we're going to do. The only way you can measure that, unless you spend hours and hours asking questions, going through all kinds of material, is looking at those ratings like Chatty Navigator. And it's very hard to do what we do the way we do it. It's a lot of work. And I'm so proud of what we're doing this way. Okay. But it's all about earning people's trust. How do you earn people's trust, Gina? And then Laurel, everything that Israel said is something that I really try to explain to people that are calling to the CMTA. In addition to the four-star charity navigator, the 100% rating that only 15 other health charitable organizations received, CMTA received that, I tried to express that over the phone. But I think that trust also comes from when people reach out to the CMTA when they're first diagnosed or their symptoms, there's progression within their CMT and they're reaching out to the association how can we help them? And we provide resources and information and community and being responsive to that. I think really pulling them in and making them feel that they're not alone in this journey. And that is something that I really try to give the person, whether it is on through email or on the phones, that the CMTA is there for them in their journey and our community. Yeah. So you're really out of the gate, you're focused on building a relationship, it sounds like, right? That's probably yeah. a big component of how you gain the trust of someone. I think providing mm-hmm. solutions to their answers. You have people newly mm-hmm. diagnosed, like Gina said, they're calling in and they're scared and they're upset and we have answers. But we mm-hmm. also do what we say we're going to do. So Gilles talking about that from a big perspective, right? Research, mm-hmm. transparency, where we invest our dollars. We do exactly what we're going to say we're, we do. I'm coming at it from a little thing like if I get a phone call or email or Gina or Jonah does or anyone on our team and they say, I'm going to call you back or I'm going to get you this, we do that. We always have that touch point. We always follow up and we always do what we say we're going to do. And then slowly over time, as that rapport and relationship is built, then we become that trusted partner when it comes to a patient advocacy group and providing education, providing answers, pointing out the centers of excellence. They don't even know there are centers of excellence when they're newly diagnosed. So getting them to the right person to get yeah. the answers that they need. And then they, like Gina said, they feel like they're part of something. They're part of our family, part of the organization. And Lizzo, I heard Charity Navigator, right? Uh, and Five Star. And do you know what that is? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't it's know. an no organization guys can explain that it. says that you're good right. or not. I don't know. Right. And maybe that's tied to trust or something. I don't know. Who wants to tell us what the heck that's all about? Not it. Okay. Five star. What is this? It's what? No, it's, I think it's the most respected organization that you have. It's nonprofits. There are several of them, but I can tell you from experience, they, they go much, much deeper and they ask us hundreds of questions. You've got to provide all kinds of documents and they basically evaluate how good you are and using the money that people give you. And they keep raising the bar. It's a very thorough evaluation. As Gina said, in, in the health space, which shows like hundreds of thousands of Charities, I think there's like 12 to 15 and got this perfect rating, which we have, which I don't guarantee we'll keep forever, but I think we, we definitely want to be at four stars, which we've been for many years. I've looked up the CMTA and I saw that seller rating, but I've looked up other CMT related organizations and I don't see anything there. So what does that mean? Mm. That they're, if somebody's not on Charity Navigator, what does that mean? 
Sometimes uh, they might be too small, so they only rate organization, I think it's above a million dollars. Sometimes they haven't been alive long enough. Uh, sometimes they don't publish their results or they're behind. So there's many reasons for that. But I think it's in everybody's interest to be rated, to be honest. And many years ago, 10 years ago, the CMT was a one-star or two-star. And so I think it was a big kick in the butt for everybody to to get better. You know, I mean, uh, we always strive for excellence, and this is a very good measure for everybody to look at. I have a question for you, Chili. Why don't we have a cure yet? 20 years ago, we're like, we didn't have anything. 15 years ago, we said two to five years. Now it's 20 years later, we're giving all this money to research. Where in the heck is the treatment to stop the progression of CMT? Why haven't we got there? Listen, anybody who tells you they're going to cure in two to five years is lying to you because they just don't know. Okay, we could have one, but we have to play the odds. And then this business is crazy. 90% of the drugs in clinical trials fail, takes billions mm-hmm. of dollars. So all we can do is have a very strong, broad strategy, where, which is exactly what stars, right? was let's put CMT on the map. Nobody cared about CMT 10 years ago, and we created all the elements of the puzzle so that people would care. Not tons of companies, tons of researchers, all the latest technologies are being applied to CMT. So that's the only way we can guarantee success. We cannot predict the timeline. Basically, we build an army, okay? By the way, you might have heard, but last week, they approved the very first CRISPR therapy. And wow. you know, two years ago, the top CRISPR people in the world called me and said, we want to work with you on CMT. So that's the kind of stuff would never happen before. But now we made CMT attractive to the very best of the best, and good things will happen. And by the way, we, as I've told you guys, we're entering what I call Star 2.0. Star 1.0 was to make CMT attractive and make all this happen. We're there. Not... It, it, it is a discussion we have with Stefan Zuckney. Remember, he said we're entering the age of therapies. That's happening. We're now things are starting to hit patients. We're starting to see clinical trials. It's going to be a long process. There's going to be disappointment. There's other diseases that have been in for 20 years that they don't have treatments yet. Back to the trust, we're not going to tell you that we're going to have a treatment. This one thing is wonderful because we just don't know for sure there will be disappointments. But the overall ecosystem is like an order of magnitude in a different place than it was. It gives me a lot of hope. But also, you know, we have to be, have some humility and know that there will be disappointments and setbacks along the way. You said hope. And that's as you were talking, I was thinking about that, whether Gina, Laurel, but how do you keep people positive and that there is hope given this complex process, right, with trials and the failure rate, et cetera? I'm sure you guys engage with that all the time. Right. Someone's like, oh, geez, I don't know if we'll ever find a cure. I don't know if we'll ever find treatment. And I don't know if I should donate anymore. And so how do you respond to that? Got to be a real thing. It is. And I think for me, every conversation is very different. But one of the things that I try to hone in on, and Jill, you may want to like expand on this, but 15 years ago, really Stark was born 2008 and starting with one subtype 1A. We had one project going on, working through the NIH and luciferase. I remember the very first branch meeting that I went to. I started at the CMTA in presenting STAR and seeing how the learning. So we had 1A and then a donor said, hey, I want 2A on that platform. You all are, are growing this like research project. So amazingly, I want to see something for me. And with donor support, we were able to grow that. And then 1B, same thing. And then here we are. 
But I think the learnings of STAR, it's not that we paused, but so many things had to be in place to where we are today to be attractive. And that involved toolbox. And I think that the toolboxes, animal models, stem cell, biomarkers, all of these tools that the CMTA needed to expand as there is not necessarily a cure or treatment in place, all of these things have happened in the past 15 years that we have invested in to get where we need to go. And I don't know if patients or donors necessarily see that all the time, that we're throwing out emails that we've expanded this and we've expanded that. We had to have those things that we had to invest in those things to get to where we are today with all of the pharmaceutical companies that are coming to to the CMTA and saying, hey, CMTA, I want to work with you because we have these tools. And so now that we're here, we're really seeing the expansion of all of these amazing things that are happening in the world of research. That's how I kind of create that hope that, yes, we're not where we wanted to be, 15 years ago, but we have expanded our platform. We've expanded our tools. Now is go time, right? We're on the right path. We have everything that we need and we have the leadership for it. So I talked to that a little bit, Chris, and really kind of- I don't think that's a little bit. That's a lot. So (laughs) that's a pretty little answer. That was awesome. No, but it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. As you're speaking, you can sense your emotion and passion, right? That's it's right. it's yeah. fantastic. It's great. Yeah. And I'll add one thing to this is what's interesting in, in this Star 2.0 that, that we're entering is the patients are getting more and more involved in what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. You might have heard of something like natural history. We're spending a lot of money doing natural history study because this is what companies want to figure out how the, the disease evolves to test drugs. Clinical trials, obviously, there's all kinds of research we're doing that I see on patients. We're doing uh, surveys for companies. We're doing uh, marketing groups so that they can understand people's impact uh, with their CMT lives. None of this was happening 10 years ago. Now we have companies asking us all the time to work with the community with patients. So people are actually being part of the solution now. And this is what I call Star 2.0. Star is reaching into the patient's lives now, which is really incredible. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would really like to involve Laurel in this discussion, how she gives hope to the community, because you're at these conferences, you build the conferences and these meetings, and how do you keep hope, and how do you relay that hope to the people you work with? I think the way that I keep hope, I am a realist, so I am grounded in realism. I know there's not a magic bullet, but being part of this team, I see what is being built and the momentum and the energy is unbelievable. Hearing the history of how Star was formed and has grown to this point, and now what we need to do to get across the finish line, that gives me tremendous hope as a third generation CMT hope for my children, hope for my grandchildren if CMT continues in our family. And I think it's listening, truly listening to what's going on in research trusting the CMTA and seeing the work of the scientific advisory board, the star advisory board, it's unbelievable. And I think that you can't ignore that energy and momentum that's being built. There's something there. I visualize after hearing all the scientists and docs talk about it, I truly visualize a pathway 
And so I think about a road in my head and I think of all the things along the way because this helps me to understand it. You know, the natural history studies, having a community that has to get involved, you know, as patients and partners, having biomarkers, all the outcome measures we need. And I think of our CMTA star pathway. And at the end of that is the hope, which is a treatment or cure. And I'm I need to visualize that. And so that helps me keep my hope going and also just thinking of future generations and myself. I would love to have a treatment for CMT. Yeah, yeah I think kind of in summary of the hope piece, as I'm listening to you folks or thinking about our listeners, people have hope when you are connected to individuals like yourself or members of the CMTA that just are committed. They have a drive. They have a passion. That's really what you guys represent. Obviously, I don't have CMT, but being part of that organization in terms of the challenges you guys have gives me a lot of hope in terms of what you're working on for the future of those CMT. So nice work. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think people need to get involved. A lot of people are angry, I feel, like on when I see the Facebook group and stuff. But if you take as much energy in that anger and turn towards passion and getting involved, we'd be even further in our pursuit of a cure, I think. So what's on the agenda for 2024? What do we got to look at? Whoa, can we wow, back up? Look at time. Whoa, like, move on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what are some highlights for 2023? <laughs> and 2023 is not over yet. There's Lizzo. She's That's good, though. She wants the future. I don't know, but that's One right. and done. 2023 is over in her mind. You've spoken with Gina because she goes, I cannot think of January 1st, 2024, because I got 2023 to deal with. And what does that mean, right. Gina? Yeah. Oh what, my gosh. what does that mean? That means we got to fundraise, right? We got to bring the dollars in as a write CMTA. Your check. Yes, right. <laughs> when people are coming to the CMTA and they see, like, the CMTA looks mighty on the outside. I always tell people we look mighty on the outside, but we're very small team on the inside and we accomplish so very much. But all the research that is coming out, all the programs that the CMTA does, that all needs to be funded. And it's our community and their friends, their family that we need. Everybody needs to like rally together in order to get to that end goal. So I still have, yeah, 12 days. I have 12 days to to fundraise for the organization, but I have 12 days to fundraise for the CMT community. I always tell people that I'm fundraising for us. I'm fundraising to provide research projects. I'm fundraising to provide programs for us. So yeah, I got a lot of work to do. You know, what do you tell me if I go, oh, well, my donors are tired of giving to the CMTA. I'm tired of giving CMTA. Yeah, research, blah, 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 pharmaceutical companies and everything. I have some money here, but I'm, I'm not really sure I want to give again to the CMT. Why should I give again? Pitch it to me. If you don't give, who is going to give to the association? It's us as patients that are the driver in the end goal and what is the end goal. So I think I would ask you that. The CMTA, CMT in general, is not very well known. We're not the American Heart Association or the the Humane Society because they have a broader reach. People know about them. Their campaigns are much larger on a bigger scale because they have the people. The CMTA and CMT, we have our community. 
It's our community that I ask to, one, support the cause, but then they have to ask others to support us. So if you choose to give to the Humane Society, that is fantastic. But I ask you also to consider the CMTA because without your support, we can't do what we do. The other thing I think about when you're at mom's house, it doesn't mean, (sighs) you know, I don't support this. She gets a lot of things in the mail with regards to donation. Tons. Tons. Now, when I read through that, let's say it's for animals, et cetera, which I would support, but there's not that strong connection. Yeah, there's so I hundreds think this is, of places. Oops, yeah, so many places you can donate and put your money. And there's so many great causes. But from my perspective, what's different with the CMTA, there, there's that true. You guys work so hard to make that connection with the community. It's much more than just a newsletter or a request for a donation that goes out via email, right? You guys really make that connection. And that's critical, I think, to the success. So Laura, what are you going to say? And I think it comes, you know, everything Gina said, and it comes back to no one's going to do it for us. It has to be us. So there are millions and millions of people who are going to give to the American Heart Association or the Cancer Foundations or the Humane Society, but only people with CMT who are affected and their families are going to support our cause. So it it has to be us and we need them. We can't do it without them. A lot of times fundraising is an emotional response to something you see. Is there anything you can think of this year or last year that you've seen maybe at camp or anything, a real reason why people would emotionally say, hey, I got to give to the CMTA? You know, for me, was the summit this year and obviously camp. But one of the things that I saw at the summit was there was an energy there that people are hungry for just meeting others living with CMT. There's so many people that have never met another person living with CMT and being around that and the TMTA giving that and to our community, providing a space for that. There's a want and a need there. But at camp, there's so many stories, and I love telling the story about I went to a branch meeting, and I presented the CMTA, and we were talking about camp and talking about research, and she came over to me, and she said, Gina, if there's a treatment for CMT, does that mean camp stops? Like, Mm -hmm. because she has a place of comfortability, a place to grow her confidence. There's so many stories. Yeah, I think Gina stole my answer. So camp every single year, hands down, the confidence and independence that is built in that one week at camp lasts those children the entire year. They can now walk into their classrooms with their heads held high Mm -hmm. and they feel more confident because they know they're part of a tribe now. They're not alone. They've learned more about CMT. We don't sit around at camp talking about CMT. It's summer camp. We're having fun but they learn more because they're there and they have answers to the questions and they learn how to talk about it and they learn how to be in the world with CMT and, and be different. And so that's incredibly wonderful. But mine also came out of the patient summit in Boston. I was sitting talking with a woman who was similar in age to me where we were both 19 and she had come all the way from Western Canada. And this was her first time, she's in her 50s, her first time ever meeting someone with CMT. And she just cried. She sat there and cried. And she couldn't believe everything she had learned, but more importantly was all the people that she met. And she knew she was going to be okay. And it was really special. That's great. Michelle, you have any uh, emotional connections yet? It kind of spans the whole spectrum of what we do. I mean, on the star side, 
I could tell you dozens of phone calls with top researchers, top companies who call and say, we want to work on CMT now. We want to work with you guys. We love what you've done. We want to use your toolbox. We want to talk to your patients. None of that was happening three, four years ago. Now it's happened on a weekly basis. Every one of those do backflips in my office here because yeah. that's the whole strategy that's working, right? Yeah. And then obviously camp and the summit were incredible, the energy and everything. Except that when I arrived at camp, they get inundated and sprayed with all kinds of material. <laughs> I got a very warm welcome by everybody. The kids are incredible. They are so positive and they are so mm-hmm. mature and so professional. They are future, both at camp and the summit. I love those engagements. The energy, I think we were overwhelmed by the summit, by the attendance, by the energy, by the positivity, by the reactions. The post-COVID years are really exciting. The last one, it's frankly, is our new CEO, our new leader. I know oh, yeah, we, tell us about that. Podcasts on that but That's right. You do that? have a new CEO. Who is that and person? Sue, and you'll get to meet her. I'm sure you'll do an interview with her. The single fact that we're able to attract someone of a caliber and of a quality to work on CMT, it would never happen a couple of years ago. I mean, someone at Harvard and MIT educated, has been part of bringing drugs to market, has been the CEO of, of, of several biotech companies, also happens to be a very nice person and a great manager and very attentive to people and patients. The fact that we could get someone like this to join the CMT community and lead the organization is incredible. It just shows that we're on a different level. Can I add one more thing from this year? I'm sorry. This is very important to me. Okay. One of the things that the CMTA does is when we're working with a pharmaceutical company, um, whether that is a pharmaceutical company that we've had a strong relationship with over the years or a new pharmaceutical company, the patient's voice, as I think Jill and Laurel both have mentioned, but the patient voice has been an critical part in, in researching and advancing research. We did a focus group this year, and it was for, I believe, 2C. And on this focus group, I have never heard patients be so open and share in the way that they did the uh, vulnerability and just the honesty and the passion to share their story. I was crying, and so was the pharmaceutical company. I will never forget that. And that is why I think that for patients to really make sure that they sign up to be a patient as partners in research so that they can, too, participate in focus groups where their voice could be heard and, in addition, possibly participate in upcoming clinical trials. So I just wanted to share that as well. No, that's great, Gina. Thank you. All right. On to 2024. What can we and our listeners expect from you folks? Three items each. Let's go. Okay. Patient and Research Summit in Denver. Be there. Be there for the connection, the camaraderie, the education, managing CMT, the STAR research update. Be there to meet the clinicians, the scientists, and the team. Be there. If you can't be there in person, join us hybrid. We will offer it hybrid so that our friends from all over the globe can join virtually. What's the date on that, Laurel? Do you know? Uh, that is, we're doing a weekend now. We are experimenting with a Saturday and a Sunday. So Saturday, okay. September 7th, and Sunday, September 8th in Denver. Beautiful Denver. Who doesn't nice. want to be there in September? And then we're going to continue with our Lunch and Learn webinar series, education, quarterly meetings, virtually, which has been wonderful. And one new thing we're launching, and Elizabeth, I know you're going to be really excited about this, is we're going to take the emotional support group that's on our website, and we're going to do an online virtual 
emotional support group where you come to a meeting and you get some of the emotional wellness and mental health wellness tips that you need, or just for the time to talk with others who have CMT. We're currently building what that group would look like, and we'll share more information in the new year. Love it. Love it. Right to the point. All right. Gina. Okay. Coming on my end to 2024, there'll be community walks and cycles. People can look forward to either participate or if someone can host their own walker cycle in their neighborhood, you know, asked to support the CMTA and individuals' causes. One of the things is if anybody out there knows of a foundation that offers grants to like programs, whether it be camp, the summit, or maybe even a grant to support the research in a whole. I would love to know about them. The CMTA, we're looking for more and more foundations that could possibly support us. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And Jill, about yourself as the chairman? Well, on the star side, I could talk for hours, but I think there's two major themes. I think As Gina said, we need to raise more money because there's more and more demands, especially on the clinical side, uh, because more and more drugs are going to hit the clinics and there's more ready than ever, but there's still some work to do. The NIH funded a lot of this, so did we, but the NIH, a lot of those funds are ending. And so the SMT will be taking over a lot of this clinical preparedness funding and nothing could be more important. Because you know, we can get all the great results on the right advice. It doesn't matter if it doesn't go to people. And that's what we're going to be working on. And that takes a lot of money. You need the, the, the support. And the other thing is we're going to see more and more of those genetic therapies progressing, whether it's RNA therapies, traditional gene therapies, CRISPR. There's a lot of activities. And I can't predict exactly the result that is milestones that are really important in the next 12 to 18 months. And I'm sure some of those will be disappointing, but many of those I think will be positive. We'll see great progress. If you combine that with the development of the clinical stage, you can see what well with a whole new phase of STAR, okay? Yeah, awesome. Looking forward to 2024, right? Great you guys job, have guys. a lot of great things going on, which is yeah. awesome. I feel Let me tell you, you, you won't be boring. I know, I'm Let's fired go, up. Go. Let's go. Let's do this thing. No yeah. rest for the weary people. No rest no for the weary. Chris, I think we should be wrapping up. We I do, do have too. a couple of questions. Do we have a time for those questions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. definitely. And because we can make up time, I'm sure the producer will edit out all the things that you've said. So we probably have. (laughs) (laughs) If you bleep all the swear words and all the things that are not supposed to be announced, you'll get an extra half an hour. Yeah, it'll be like a 35-minute podcast. (laughs) So there you go. All right. I'll ask the first one. This is for Gilles. Uh Okay. Gilles, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, jeez. In life? However you want to interpret that. Basically, I'm a very impatient person in a very slow moving world. No, really? It's me nuts. I am. So you yeah. think the world is moving too slowly? Especially the world of CMT research. Compared to everything nice. I've done in my life, this is so slow and so difficult and so. Yeah. so but that's why we have to be so strategic. And I think that's what we've done. You got to be yep. wrath of ecosystem. But it, sometimes it'd be nice, oh, let's just do this thing and make it work. Okay, and one more. Sorry, I have to ask this because this came up too. So, Jill, if you were a car, what type of car would you be? <laughs> when I was young, I would be a race car. <laughs> now, I would say I'm a minivan, but I'm probably. <laughs> All right, there you heard it, folks. So he's a, minivan? a race car to a minivan. 
He's you getting older. I wasn't biking me. So. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we'll move on. Lizzo, go for it. Eugene, if you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? Oh my gosh, um, terrible these questions. Lifetime supply of anything. Toilet paper, ketchup, ketchup, uh, ketchup. ketchup. Oh, I, I love Reese's, chocolate and peanut butter, or something. Mm. No, no, I, I love meat and ketchup. You're yeah. going to be getting some bottles of ketchup for Christmas. Yep. To our <laughs> listeners. Dina, some ketchup. All right. Those little packets, big bottles, everything. Yeah, let's, promote, condiments. let's promote our mailing address, Lizzo, and see how many of our listeners will donate cases of ketchup to Gina's house. Glitter. I should have said glitter. Glitter. No, it's ketchup. That's what you want to ask the last one? No, you can. All right, Laurel. Truth. Have you ever made a prank phone call? Oh, yes, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Several. Tell us about one. Tell us about one. You remember Oh, one? my gosh. When we were little, you open up the white pages and you're oh, yeah. calling people and you say, you were like, what, seven, eight, nine? And we'd say, is your refrigerator running? Or so, and they'd right. say, yes. And you'd say, oh, you better go chase it. Just ridiculousness. But yeah, I loved a prank phone call. Did oh, you ever buy pizzas to play people's houses? Have I ever sent pizza to people's houses? Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I know. I have TP the house. <laughs> this is like a confessional for a reformed Catholic. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know you right. have a little prankster in you. So I guess in summary, Lizzo, and for our listeners, and feel free to comment, but the message here is these are real people, folks. These are real, solid individuals that are driving every single day. They're committed to finding a cure. They're committed to communicating and building relationships with those with CMT and others, driving research, just an exceptional support group. So Lizzo, what are your thoughts? I think that came out very well today. Yeah, I want to thank you. And what struck me most was that donors and patients and volunteers, they're not just donors, patients, volunteers, they're family. And we're doing this for our family. CMT is a big family. And that makes me really emotional. But I've seen it. And you've talked about it. And that's who we are. We're family. All righty. Hey, Lizzo, if someone wants to follow us on social media, where do they go? We have a Facebook and an Instagram page, CMT for Me Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel, which is called Raw and Unedited, as well as our brand new TikTok channel, CMT for Me, and pod page www.podpage.com slash CMT for me. Okay. And you just said it. So to our listeners, if you have a good story, we'd love you to reach out to us and tell your story on our podcast and either write to us at info at cmtausa.org or pitch your idea or go to our new website, like Lizzo just said, www.podpage.com slash CMT for me, or fill out our inquiry form on cmtausa.org. We also have a phone number if you want to call in and tell us about a story or tell us about somebody you'd like us to interview. Now, the phone number has changed, so I am going to give you the new phone number, 941-231-1352. Give us a call. Yeah. And don't forget, leave us a review. We say that all the time. Please leave us a review. And you can leave that review by visiting Apple Podcasts or go to PodPage and leave it there. 
Chris, we did get a review. I don't have it in front of me. I wish oh, it, yeah? it was wonderful. She said, I have finally found a place with the people I can relate to and people that give me positivity and courage and motivation to continue every single day. It was a wonderful, we'll read it next time. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was so- oh, I just noticed, I just got a review. I said, Chris, you are unbelievable on that podcast. We can't wait to continue to listen to you in 2024. So it was awesome. Uh, and Thank they you. also told you to boot your sister because you're really a star. Yep. And yeah. And they just said, it's amazing how you single-handedly keep this podcast going. Oh. Was there so. you're basing the off? Ah, that is very good. Uh, all right, folks. Good luck in 2023. Give to the CMT. Yes. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks, Chris. Thanks, Liz Eric. Thank you. Hey Adios. Adios. Good luck to you, Liz Eric. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs>